ओम ज्ञान निरंधस्यानंजन शलाकाय चक्षुर्नीलिता so We'll take it for granted that everyone here already accepts this, at least theoretically. That material life is miserable. Just to give a brief description, Janma Mrityu Jiraviyadhi, there is birth, death, old age and disease. Therefore it is a great illusion to think that this is a place of happiness. So then naturally the question comes, well, how do we get in this illusion? What are we doing here in the first place? Different uh, thinkers have given their different opinions. We are reading Bhagavad Gita, which is spoken by Lord Sri Krishna, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, whose opinion is authoritative because he is the knower of the Absolute Truth and he happens to be the Absolute Truth himself. So there may be so many different opinions, but at least those who are sane, they take what Krishna says as authoritative. What Krishna says here in Bhagavad Gita succinctly is explained elaborately in the Srimad Bhagavatam. Succinctly? What was that word? Concisely. Ah. This the subject that is alluded to here is dealt with elaborately by the prayers of the personified Vedas. Now there is a theory there, there are very there are varying theories about what we are doing in this miserable material world. There are a class of philosophers known as Mayavadis who say that everything here is simply Maya, which is true. But then they don't accept that the Supreme Lord, when he comes here, that he's not of Maya, that he's the controller of Maya. Rather, they say he's also part of the same Maya. Therefore, they're called Mayavadis. They say that Ultimately, this material world it has no actual existence. But as Srila Prabhupada points out, even though they say that, they are very busy trying to enjoy this misery, non-existence. What we are doing here, how we are suffering in this illusion, to understand this is very, very important. The Vaisal understanding, or the actual understanding, is that we are here due to our own fault. The Mayavadis cannot accept 
that they have any fault on their own part because they most foolishly consider themselves to be God. And therefore they say, I'm here in this material world enjoying my lila. Even if I take the body of a pig, I'm simply enjoying my lila. I was telling that story the other day of how one man was, one Mayavadi was telling me that he was prepared to worship the pig as God and even the pig's stool as God because he considered everything to be God. So actually the Mayavadis, they're very offensive to the Supreme Personality of the Krishna. Because not only do they deny his transcendental reality, his transcendental nature, and therefore <coughs> consider him to be one of them. Avajananti Murha. Those are rascals, they don't know Krishna. They think he's simply some ordinary man. We don't recognize Krishna's transcendental. So they fail to recognize Krishna's superiority. And because they don't want to recognize that they are actually fallen, they call themselves God even when in the material condition. Miserable activities of the conditioned soul, such as the stool eating pig, they put this on the same level as Krishna's transcendental pastimes. So this is all very offensive. The actual reason for our coming to this material world is stated here. Why are we in illusion? Suffer. We have to suffer repeated birth and death. The reason is, it's our fault. Purusha Sukha Dukhanam Votudvehi Purusha In Gita Krishna said that the suffering and distress of the living being in this material world is, he himself is the cause. Karana Karana Karpitve the, the actions and reactions that are, that are coming to us due to our karma, that is carried out by material nature. But the ultimate cause is our own self. We are the cause of our own suffering. Sometimes we blame others for our distress. Yesterday there was supposed to be a national strike. Was there was some strike yesterday in Russia? Yeah. So they're blaming of all our problems is Mr. Yeltsin. So that is true, that may be true in one sense. Or it may be said that the Russian people suffered so much in the 1940s due to another leader, Ili. Hitler. Of course we're not comparing Mr. Yeltsin to Mr. Hitler, but I'm just giving this as an example. So in one sense this is true. In Vedic philosophy, they are analyzed different kinds of causes. There's immediate cause, remote cause, ultimate cause. Immediate cause, remote cause, ultimate cause. The different, philosophers, different philosophers may analyze different kinds of causes. Just like, for instance, someone may be taken to court and accused of beating someone with a stick. So the accused person may say, well, I, I didn't touch him, which may be true. You can say, I, I didn't touch him, at, at no point did I touch him. It was only the stick that touched him. So it's true that the stick may be taken to be, how, how did you get all these marks all over your body? Because of the stick. So the stick may be said to be the immediate cause. But the stick in itself is not the cause, it's because some rascal picked it up and beat him. There may be another cause. The person who was beaten with a stick, he threw up. He threw an empty bottle of vodka at the guy's, at the guy's head. <laughs> Called him some bad names. 
and there may be another cause in that because the person who beat him uh, first of all called him bad news there may be another cause before that because the other guy stole his coat it's often the cause of all these things so anyway what is the ultimate cause what is the ultimate cause of your suffering in some countries I don't know now but at least some years ago in Sweden they abolished the concept of crime they said that well if someone is doing something wrong it's because he was badly brought up he had a the society itself is wrong because we didn't train him properly so there's no such thing as crime anymore. so someone may say well uh, why are you such a nasty criminal you're always killing people and shooting them well in my childhood I was beaten by my father this is a very fashionable thing is to, to claim all one's problems on your father beating you or your mother shouting at you in your childhood at least in the western country thing on this although since the time of Adam and Eve if, if there was Adam and Eve parents have been shouting at their children but nowadays it's become very fashionable to blame because in my childhood once my father looked at me angrily and therefore since that time I've had a psychological trauma and therefore uh, every 10 days or so I shoot a few people down. <laughs> it's not my fault, it's my father's fault. So what is the... Here, what is the ultimate cause of your suffering? Krishna stated. It's not your father who beat you. Or any such thing. The ultimate cause of our suffering is our own misuse of our independence. It's a very simple thing. We are all part and parcel of Krishna. And we have the option to serve Krishna. But that option means we also have the option not to serve Krishna. We have minute independence. And minute independence also presupposes the possibility to misuse them. And if you misuse it, this is what you get. Repeated birth and death. Now, even among theists, sometimes there is some kind of oblique attempt to blame our position on God. What is fierce? Oblique, uh, it means indirect, subtle, theist. Theist? Theist, theist. Ah, means theist. those who blame okay. God. To blame God, Even yeah. among theists, sometimes there is a, a subtle attempt to okay. blame our, our position on God. In the Christian religion, there has been standing what they call a theological problem. Of what? Theological problem. Just like they have mathematical problems and problem, problems in science. Just like uh, they have relativity theory and quantum theory. They have some basic problems so that, they, that scientists accept both of them, but they don't, they contradict each other. I'll tell you this in the schools. So there are so many uh, problems, and they also have what they call a theological problem. They have theological <coughs> problems because that means incomplete understanding. The problem is this. Problem of Tom. They say that God is all good. That is supposed to be axiomatic. Axiomatic? Axiomatic? That's the word in Russian also. But then we see there is so much suffering in the world. God is good, why doesn't he stop the suffering? And even you'll see that I was just recently in Ireland which is a, a Catholic country, now they're becoming modern and they have they've legalized abortion and they're, they're catching up with the modern world. 
So they have programs where a mother says, well, my child died, she was only two years old, she was so nice, and then the priest is there and he says, oh, oh, it's really terrible, it's really, it's really bad. And he has no, he can give no, <coughs> he can only sympathize on the material platform, but he can't give any theological instruction. So why do these things happen? If God is good, why are there so many bad people who are rich and so many good people who simply suffer? Why should you believe in God? But sometimes the, the theists, they have different speculate. the incomplete theists have different speculations about this. About 15 years ago, um, one American Jewish rabbi wrote a book called why bad things happen to good people, in which he solved this problem. He gave the solution to the American people. By the way, this rabbi's name was Hari Krishna. Krishna. So he said, actually, God's a really great guy. He's a really good guy. He's a really nice guy, and you should believe in him. You should do it. He's a really nice guy, and you should go on believing in God. But doesn't seem like, I mean, it doesn't seem like he's all-powerful, does it? Otherwise, you see really nice people. Some nice Christian beauty queen comes up and says, I owe all my access to my faith in Jesus Christ. She says in her bathing suit as she wins the, as she wins the beauty contest. America is a very religious country, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> people believe it. So, even though people may be good Christians, sometimes they run over in traffic accidents. They run over? They are killed in traffic accidents. Ah. We have to conclude that God's a nice guy, but you know, Satan's pretty powerful. So God's like a kind grandfather. You can go and pray to him and he'll comfort you, but... I can't really do that much to help you. Expect too much. In God we trust, but make sure you have your life insurance also. Of course, in Russia, you can't trust the life insurance either. What are you going to do? Go to America. <laughs> this is all based on a very uh, absolutely completely materialistic view of God. The idea that God is all powerful, and His job. Because he's all-powerful, and we're his children, is to enjoy sense gratification at the expense of God. Now, dear God, we love you very much. Don't forget to give us our bread. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Kingdom come, hallowed be done. Give us this day our daily bread. You know this prayer? You're very wonderful, you're very great, we love you. By the way, don't forget to give us our daily bread. <laughs> sausages, too. <laughs> That Prabhupada told that story of uh, the villagers in Russia going to the church, praying, give us this day our daily bread. And the enlightened communists were standing outside and said, so what did you pray? Well, we prayed to God for bread. Did he give you any bread? Well, not yet. Why don't you ask us for bread? Okay, our dear communists who are here standing in front of us, give us some bread. He said, okay, folks, bring the bread. <laughs> so who's better, God or us? Well, who gave us the bread? Okay, don't believe in God. Us. Believe in me. Okay, give us bread. 
Robert pointed out they were foolish because the communists themselves can't produce the bread. <laughs> that without the grace of God, it cannot grow. Even the rain cannot come. So the immediate cause of giving them bread may have been the communists, but the, the ultimate cause is God himself. So people take that God is simply meant for giving them sense gratification. And they generally think, they, I will go, when I die, I will believe in God and I will bathe myself, I'll take a swim in the blood of Jesus, bathe myself in the blood of Jesus, and go to heaven and I'll enjoy myself. One of the, uh, the, the, one of the ex-archbishops of country, that means the leader of all, the most prominent Protestants in the world, shortly before he died, he was asked that when you go to heaven, what will you do? Yeah, Arch, which means the Archbishop of Canterbury means he's the head of the Church of England, and actually that means he's in charge of. There's the Church of England, Church of Ireland, Church mm. of Scotland, Holy Church, United of Kingdom, Australia, eh? Church of Canada. It's like the yeah. Anglican churches. Many millions of people all over the world. So he was asked on TV that, well, when you go to heaven, what will you do? Now remember, this is supposed to be one of. He's got his doctor's degree in theology and he's supposed to be the spiritual leader of millions of people. I will spend the first hundred years glorifying God. I'll sit on one of those clouds and play a harp and no. sing a few hymns and then I'll enjoy myself. So they think the whole purpose of religion is simply to get some sense gratification. The first understand that in Christian consciousness we always teach that we're not the body. Unless we understand we're not this body, we're spirit soul, we can't begin to understand God. God is a material person like ourselves, and his aim, his purpose is to give us bodily sense gratification. But and then we'll find so many contradictions. Why is there suffering in the world? Is God allowed? The real reason is given here. Is that the very nature of this material world is suffering. And we are suffering here due to willingly having given up our transcendental position of service to the transcendent God. It's a very important point to understand. Mm. So, is there any question? Mm. Um, you say that you have caused. Why don't you say it in Russian first? Um, you were saying earlier on that we are the cause of our suffering, mm. but if I suffer, then I'm the cause of the suffering, then at the same time, Krishna consciousness it says that Krishna is the cause of all causes. So does this mean that um, Krishna is the cause of all causes, but he is not the cause which was caused by me? He's also, just like I said, there, there are many different causes of any different action. So you may go to court, and you may say, well, the cause of my beating with a stick was that he caused me bad, called me bad names. And you may say, well, and the other person may say, well, I called him bad names because he ran away with my wife. So, like this, the, the, the cause of our different karmas that we're getting are very complex. There's a very deep chain of different causes and effects. After the suffering of the living being in the material world, we could say in one sense that Krishna is the ultimate cause. So he gives the facility to the living being to do that. He gives the, the independence. But the choice to use or mis to properly use or to misuse the independence by Krishna that is his own independence. He misuses it. No, no, no.
if he comes to the material world, it means he misuses it. So, uh, in this case, Krishna is not to be blamed for our misuse. Because our misuse. But so, it's like because we were envious of him, he came here. Yeah, so we, we have the choice to serve Krishna or to imitate <coughs> Krishna. The cause of our suffering here is not envy of Krishna. It's a very important point to understand. Hmm. Uh, she says that people who are suffering, they say that. Люди, которые страдают, это значит все. А, пред. Сейчас это диворис, диворис вас. Я не понял She says she tried to explain the same way. Explain the same way and uh, ultimately unless, unless we're feeling like that then we can't continue. I mean we can always find reasons to go away. No. Say well this movement's no good, this reason, that reason, the other reason. Find many more reasons to criticize this movement than a neophyte devotee because I've been in this longer. Yeah, I know it much I could probably tell you all things by what you'd all think. But uh, you know, despite this and that problem and another problem, devotees are chanting Hare Krishna, worshiping the deities, studying Sriman Bhagavad. If you if you look, you can always find problems. If you look, you can also find inspiration. Depends on what you want to see. A balanced person sees both. He sees that there are so many good things. He also sees the problems and is aware of them and tries to rectify. If you simply say everything's wonderful, everything's wonderful, but the devotees haven't eaten for three days, that problem is whatever happens. Krishna always, you know, there is prasadam. I've personally experienced. I've been in yatras where. There was no money. I'm sure there are plenty of people in Russia. And we weren't, you know, well, how are we going to eat tomorrow? Well, don't ask, we'll see tomorrow.